Open up to Daniel chapter 10. Daniel chapter 10. So as a pastor, I get to make hospital visits pretty regularly. And uh, I am personally so thankful I live in 21st century America because there are so many issues that if you had today would likely kill you 100 or 200 or maybe even 50 years ago, right? Um, Ladies, how many of you have given birth? Are you not grateful for the medical advancements of hospitals and doctors and science and technology? Some of you, you're like, I'm not gonna answer that because there's some women in this room who are gonna judge me if I do, but that's fine, that's fine. I get it, I understand how this goes. Um, There was a medical condition in ancient Greece that actually had an actual name for it. It was called hysteria. Um, Hysteria, I think, is really, really funny because hysteria, conveniently, was something that only women could get. Now, in case you think I'm making this up, Hippocrates is one of the primary proponents of this idea called hysteria. And hysteria um, actually comes from the root word of womb. So hysteria um, comes from this word that means womb. And so here's what the condition would be called. You find this woman, she's acting a little bit erratic, she's a little nervous, she was a little crazy. And so the dudes obviously came up with this great idea, she must be hysterical, which means they believe that a woman's womb was not firmly implanted in her body, connected through ligaments, but it was wandering. So here's what would happen. A woman would be, quote unquote, hysterical, obviously through the lens of a male, right? And then here's what the man would say, your womb must be wandering throughout your body. Isn't this crazy, right? Hippocrates actually wrote on this and he has this whole developed theory of what this would actually mean. And so here was, here was the cure. The cure was almost always scent therapy. I know this is gonna sound crazy. So you go to a doctor, you go to Hippocrates, famous uh, doctor, and he would say, um, I think your womb is pressing into, into your lungs, and so what we need to do is draw the womb back into its right location so that your hysteria would go away. So they would use scent therapy. They would put bad smells um, on a woman's nose, and they would put good smells in other parts of her body to draw it towards the place where the uterus should be. And at this point, I'm reading this, and I've actually read multiple article, articles on this because I thought it was a joke when I read it, and then repeatedly, different articles and scientific journals are advocating this. Is This is truly what they thought. And so here's the deal. You have this reality that maybe a man is experiencing with a quote-unquote hysterical wife. Do you, I hope you hear the quote-unquote, this is sarcasm on one level. Like, I don't, okay, good, we're on the same page. Don't, like, be like, that was so chauvinistic of you, okay? Any of you dudes who say to your wife, hysteria, you're going to be bad husbands. This is not a good thing to do on Father's Day. But... Um, But what you find here is you find this external reality. And so here's what they do. They misdiagnose the problem. They misunderstand why it's happening. And then the solution they give is absolutely just insanity. And this is what we're going to find in Daniel chapter 10. Daniel's got a problem. He's got a serious issue. And he needs to diagnose this problem correctly. Because if it is misdiagnosed, he is going to give the wrong reaction. And there are some things that are too weighty to respond in the wrong way. So for example, if your wife is being hysterical, should you say it's hysterical and your womb is in the wrong place, pressing against your vital organs? and now we need to do scent therapy. No, it's absolutely lunacy and ridiculous. It accomplishes nothing, but centuries of men and women believed this to be true, that the womb of a woman was wandering, and this is why also they assigned wandering womb to, we'll say, sexually aggressive women. And so the cure was not just scent therapy, but to have babies, as many of them, and as young as humanly possible. These were some of 
the cures. Now, you may have uh, heard of um, this medical procedure, uh, and it is a medical procedure that the Peruvians would use, and what they would find is a person who had massive and severe headaches or epilepsy. So what they would do is they would say, okay, we have a problem. This person has unending headaches. They have epilepsy. They're having seizures. Okay, um, let's diagnose the problem, and here's the Peruvian diagnosis. It's demons. Okay, fine, it's demons. So what is now the solution to the demons that are in the person's head? Let's drill holes into their heads. This is called trepanation. This is the actual act of drilling holes into people's heads because his, this was their theory, that if we drill holes into people's heads, the evil spirits would be able to be released, right? Can you imagine how many people died of trepanation? These are actual misdiagnoses and because of the misdiagnosis, then there's this whole insane, insane application of what quote-unquote, is called medicine. Now, here's what, God, here's what science and technology does for us. It pulls back the curtain. It shows us as we have microscopes and we have this amazing technology that lets us see some of the smallest things on the planet. It allows us to pull back the curtain of the human body to see the details of what's actually happening so we can rightly diagnose and we can rightly give the right treatment. Now, how many of you, praise God, are so thankful that you live today rather than with the Peruvians a couple thousand years ago or with the Persians or with the Greeks? I mean, how many of you are so grateful that we live in a time where you go to the doctor and here's what you expect. You expect they are going to give you a right diagnosis and a right treatment that is in line with an accurate diagnosis. And so here's what Daniel needs. Daniel's got some serious issues. And his question is going to be why. His question is going to be simply this. God, um, I have been promised by you that you were going to send your people, my people, our people, back out of Persia, and you were going to send us into our homeland, and we were going to rebuild the temple. You were going to reestablish worship. You made a promise. And so we get to Daniel chapter 10, and here's some of the context, right? Daniel needs to diagnose this issue correctly, and he needs to respond accurately to what's going on. Otherwise, he's going to miss the boat in this entire thing. We have the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia. A word was revealed to Daniel. This is 536 BC. The first year of King Cyrus is 538 BC. And it was just a couple years prior, Cyrus came in and Cyrus said to the Jewish people, you, you can go home. Uh, King Nebuchadnezzar, Babylon, for 70 years, they took you in exile, enslaved you, imprisoned you, and kept you in this land. Uh, Cyrus took over Babylon and said, I'm going to be a good, gracious leader to you. I'm going to send you back home. You go home, re rebuild your city, you rebuild your temple. But here's what happened. They get home and they're discouraged and frustration after frustration after frustration. After just two years, the temple rebuilding project completely stopped and the people were discouraged and the people were frustrated. And word of this gets back to Daniel. And Daniel is angry. He is frustrated. He's questioning maybe even possibly the character and the nature of God. He had a clear set of expectations of what was going to happen. 